Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. We on that haunted ground. The three spooked girls. Hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello. And today we are going to be reading you, according to the Travel Channel, 11 of the scariest ghost stories from Reddit. Their little header says, leave the lights on when you read these bone-chilling stories of average people encountering the paranormal. <laughs> Dramatic as fuck. <laughs> While Terry did that, I like turned my light to face me. <laughs> Sometimes I wish you guys could see us record because oh, God. the shenanigans are hilarious. Right. It's hilarious fuckery. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. We'd have to have somebody edit that video because fuck. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Not me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you are new here, hello and welcome. Returning spoosters, welcome back. We love you all so, so much. If you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle for that is at Three Spooked Girls. We also have an amazing Facebook group. And if you're not in there, what the fuck are you doing? Right? I know you're all not in there because we can see how many of you listen to us. <laughs> right (laughs) we get it we get it if you're like you're like okay facebook is for like a certain generation but like our (laughs) facebook group is fun yes you should definitely hang out yes our facebook group is called three spook girls official all socials are also in the link tree that is in the show notes for you as well and if you would like to hang out with us on the tiktok Jessica is spooky aunt Jessie. She is posting content. Yay. And it's with a Y at it's the exciting. end. So like, yes, Jessie, Sally, yes. whatever. Or Sally, Jessie, whatever. Both of ours are also linked in the link tree, just FYI. And mine is true crime and paranormal. Plus, I'm starting to do just more like random shit because that's just where I am with life right now. But there is true <laughs> crime and spooky content regularly. Don't worry. My handle is spooky underscore sleuth. If you're not following us, go do it. Go do it now. And if you would like to support the show, you can head to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar gets you one bonus episode a month. Starting at our $5 tier, you get video content and we got all mm-hmm. kinds of cool stuff. We have slaughters about quarterly. We have haunted grounds every month. Sometimes we do the all tiers in video and we also do live streams as well. That is exclusive topics and our monthly favorites. So definitely a good time. And if you would, you know, you just want to support Jess and I in this spooky and true crime endeavor, you can check all of that out. All right. Well, with that, we are going to get into these stories. I'm going to let Jess, we're going to just treat this kind of similar to listeners. We're just going to read these because, you know, who doesn't love a creepy story? Who doesn't? So I'm going to give it to Jess first. (laughs) My first thought was wimpy people. 
<laughs> people who people who don't people who don't listen to our show <laughs> yeah so like tara said this is the article is 11 of the scariest story ghost stories on reddit the first one is called it wasn't a little girl god i feel like this it is like my is. story okay <laughs> i was camping with my husband and his family at a small remote lake in new mexico there was about 10 people in our group and another group of six in the next campsite It was nighttime and both groups were doing typical activities, making s'mores, having a few drinks, telling stories, when we all heard what sounded like a little girl yelling out for help. Neither group had children with them, but we were all positive we were hearing a little girl and decided to search the area where we heard noises from together. My first thought is, you know, growing up in a place where if you hear a little child screaming, it's a (laughs) mountain lion, don't go. Just saying. Facts, facts. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation, and let's be honest, most of them don't taste very good. They don't fill you up, and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. This episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. I can honestly say that I'm in love with the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. My favorite is definitely the Caramel Sea Salt. It is the perfect sweet tasting snack for me in those afternoons where you just need that little extra oomph in your day. And it's just so good. I love sea salt and caramel together. It's just like the perfect mixture. And what makes this snack so nice is Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less two to three grams of net carbs, and only 150 calories. There's something I keep in my kitchen so that I'm stocked up so when I need that little afternoon boost, I can get it. So try it for yourself and you'll see. We have a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering the code SPOOKEDGIRLS at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So, if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K P A C K.com and select any products and then enter the code Spooked Girls at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, the story continues. There was a field behind our campsites. And we all saw a very tall, pure white figure standing maybe a hundred feet away from us in the field, making the noise. We all agreed that this thing looked maybe six feet tall, skinny and white as can be. So Slenderman? Mm, apparently naked Slen- Slenderman. <laughs> he living his best life in this camp, in this fucking field. <laughs> He's like, I'm in the wilderness. I'm gonna be free. <laughs> we made our way closer to investigate. No! Absolutely fuck not. Who the fuck is this shit? We made Goodbye. our way closer. Right? Goodbye. And then no one was found. They found a diary. This is this is where this story comes from. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we made our way closer to investigate, but whatever it was that we saw started backing off as we got closer, and it disappeared into the trees. All night, we continued to hear a little girl calling for help as we tried to sleep. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Why go, like, if, let me be real. Like, she said 100 feet away, there was this tall, six-foot, skinny, naked thing. There is not a power in this universe that could make me fucking walk towards that. No, no, no. The opposite is happening. I am making eye contact and walking backwards. Mm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. no thank you. Right? Okay. My first story is called The Walking Dead. 
I'm a psychiatric nurse, and early in my career, I worked at a residential mental health facility. One of our residents was an elective mute, which means that he didn't, wouldn't, couldn't talk. There was no medical reason as to why. He had spoken earlier in his life and in fact seemed quite normal back then, with the exception of being close to seven feet tall. He had been raised in the Deep South and joined the military when he was 19, but one night he vanished. He was declared AWOL, and eventually he was declared missing and dead. Ten years later, a seven-foot-tall man walked into the VA hospital emergency room in my part of the Midwest and said to the receptionist, My name is Marion Dunn, not the real name, and I've been dead for ten years. Those were the last words he ever spoke. Can I just say one thing? Like, yeah. when I first read that, or you first read that he was seven feet tall, I was like, oh, I know why he's not talking. He's tired <laughs> of answering the question, how's the weather up there? <laughs> he's like, I'm Fuck, just not going to talk to people anymore. Honestly. He was covered with dust, and he was wearing the same clothes he'd been reported to be wearing the night he vanished. Oh, my God. That'd be gross. Ew. The fuck? His social security number had not been used, and he had no identification on his person. However, they were able to identify him, I guess via fingerprints. The family was notified, but they said they had already grieved their lost- Oh, my God. They said they already had grieved their lost man, and that whomever was claiming to be him simply could not be. They demanded not to be contacted again. Uh... That's so fucked up. That I'd at least so go. Fucked. I would have been like, maybe not see him, but like you could confirm that it's him. These people are yeah. horrible humans. Honestly. Marion paced all day, every day, moving his mouth that looked like talking or muttering, but no sound came out. He had an unnerving habit of throwing his head back with his mouth wide open as if he were laughing heartily, but not even a breath could be heard. If I talked to him, he appeared to listen, periodically throwing his head back in the laughter-mimicking way of his. Various medications were tried, but they did not affect him either positively or negatively. Occupational therapy did nothing because Marion would just grin, and unless told to stay put, he would get up and start pacing again. On my last night at that job, the last thing I saw was Marion, pacing in the parking lot, throwing his head back to laugh. Later, I wondered if all along, I had been dealing with a ghost. All these years later, I still don't know. <gasps> I don't. But I feel like somebody would have like been like bitch what are you doing <laughs> if it was a ghost yeah like well i mean unless everyone was seeing the same ghost oh you right you right yeah but at the same time like i mean that fucked up of that family no wonder he doesn't want to talk to people he's like my family honestly see me maybe right? that's what Fuck he was them. waiting for <gasps> oh that's so sad i just made this story incredibly horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay your turn okay the next story is called the unrest stop. Oh, oh no. Mm. <laughs> I already have issues with rest stops because of horror movies. Okay. <laughs> I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were still well rested and alert. We were driving along the interstate and we needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two guys standing still outside of it. Oh, I don't like that. Mm -mm. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We had been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. Ooh, you're isolated. Don't like it. I heard the teenagers saying that they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work, and they left in a hurry. But there's no more gas for, like, 200 miles. I was watching the car in front of us, and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on their phones. They were just standing there. Still a stone. 
My sister and mom came running back out to the car. And when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. And I swear (gasps) to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had, oh, I don't like where this is going. (laughs) They had eyes dark as pitch and empty, truly empty, not black, not reflecting any light, just void. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were at the next city. The worst part of the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on the map. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. We know exactly which spot on the interstate to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper maps we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on that stretch of the road and only got confused looks. We've traveled on the interstate since, and there is no rest stop. Bitch, it was a trap. Oh, no. Yeah, that's how you end up. No, I don't like it. Mm-mm, goodbye. Okay, you go That now. one is creepy. Fuck <laughs> I don't no. like it. Good thing we're doing this in the daytime. Right? I would not be okay. <laughs> okay. The title is, It Came for Us in the Graveyard. We were driving my friend's really old beat-up Subaru through a massive graveyard. We stopped and walked down a hill and came across a little pond. There was someone sitting on a rock on the other side of the pond. The figure was all black, and we couldn't make out any features other than the fact it looked like a man who was wearing some old-style top hat. Why do they, why why do these stories keep following me? <laughs> <laughs> he just wants you to know he's always there. I f- fuck, dude, leave me alone. Okay, <laughs> we stupidly waved and shouted hi. He <laughs> he didn't show any acknowledgement and continued to sit still on the rock. I mean, in 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 all fairness, like if a group of people yelled at me, I probably would acknowledge them either. Right. Dude, the hat man is just trying to like have some zen time and you're fucking it up. So right. leave him alone. <laughs> all of a sudden, he jumped to his feet, started running. <laughs> oh no, stop it. Ew. I'm reading ahead. Sorry. Anyway, okay. <laughs> started running to us on the water and then vanished into thin air about halfway on the pond. My friends and I screamed and ran back to the car. The car wouldn't start, and we heard something banging on the back of the car. It wasn't a constant bang, but every few seconds or so, we would hear it. Nobody was outside from what we could see in the dark, but something was making a noise on the car. I opened my phone and started dialing my mom to come give us a boost, but I had no service. None of us had any cell service. Of course, no one ever fucking does in these stories. The next 30 minutes were spent trying to get her car started. No banging sound was heard afterwards, but we felt this heavy pressure around us. Finally, the car started and she hit the pedal to the metal. We sped out of the graveyard so fast, immediately crossing the gates, all of our phones regained cell service. One thing I know for certain is that someone or something was out there, and it was not an animal or a human. I mean, that's Should have left him alone. Also, if I owned a graveyard, I too would put like a... (laughs) like a signal block around it because that would just fuck with people (laughs) oh my god this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals i know that sometimes i get overwhelmed by things in my daily life and having someone i can talk to that is a professional is such a great help BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist that can start communicating in under 48 hours, which is a huge deal. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. And that's such a relief, especially if you're working. The time you take off work, drive to an appointment, wait, see the therapist, drive back, or even if it's the end of the 
the day. It's a huge time. So being able to talk to someone on a more flexible schedule is wonderful. It's also more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com backslash spooked girls. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Okay, this next story is called, It Was Good to See an Old Friend. Okay, when I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. I had flown into the nearest airport and rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles through a very rural, almost abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out it was one of the guys I had attended high school with. Jim, not his name, gets in the car and we start talking. I hadn't seen him in 20 years, but he looked the same. Maybe a little older. Okay, right then and there, you know something's wrong. There is no cream that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually say that as I'm like, oh shit, no, like. I don't look that much older (laughs) than I did in high school. I have really good skin, though. That's not my fault. (laughs) It's genetic, people. Okay. I had not seen him in 20 years. He looked the same, maybe a little older. We get into town, and I asked him if he wants to come to the VFW and have a drink. He says, no, just take me home. Jim's parents had lived only a block from my grandmother's house, and I turned in that direction, and he said to take him to the outskirts of town. There was a mobile home park out there, and I figured that's where he lived. When we reached the end of the turn off, he said, just drop me here, and it was good to see you again. And he walks off to the night. I go to the VA or the VFW, meet some of my old classmates, and we begin talking. As we're talking about who was coming to the union, I mentioned I just picked up Jim about three miles east of town and dropped him off. Everyone gets quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and lays down the mic. My cousin goes white as a new t-shirt. Barb? Jim died on that curve eight years ago, rolled his car. We were all at his funeral. That's what I was told. I started to feel really dizzy. I went out to the car to take some deep breaths. There on the seat is a local newspaper printed eight years previous containing Jim's obituary. Still have the paper. Damn. That's really scary. Barb, maybe Jim just really loved you. Maybe he just wanted to say hello. You know? yeah, maybe he like had a crush on you and just really needed to like see you one more time. And it took you that long to come back in town to see him. <laughs> the title for this next one is Hell Hath No Fury Like a Woman Scorned. You know, that reminds me of our Betty Broderick story <laughs> or episode. <laughs> After we moved into our home, we were told a woman had died there at the hands of her abusive husband. She hated men. My dad would wake up with scratches all over himself, and whenever my brother was mean to my sister or I, he would have scratches on him as well. One day, my brother hurt our sister, and he hit her with something. When he woke up later that night, he had a horrible bloody nose. The day we moved out, my brother accidentally broke his twin's arm trying out a wrestling move. He swears that he would have died that night if it wasn't our last night in the house. That's scary. Dang. Okay, the next story is called Death Came for Him. I was standing in my parents' room talking to my very sick dad at the time. He was dying of stage four esophageal cancer. I got the feeling something was behind me. I looked towards the doorway to the living room and something about four foot six and fully black is peeking around the corner with its hands in the doorframe. I ran towards it. What is with fucking people running towards shit? I would run away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why this triggers me so much, but I just like sit there. It's like... God damn, people. No. I mean, I get like if you're out <laughs> ghost hunting and you see something, but like if you're just standing in your house or camping. Jesus, sorry. Sorry, guys. I just got a little. 
<laughs> got a little triggered. Okay, back to what I saying. I ran towards it and it slipped back around the door. When I got outside the doorway, there was nothing. My dad was completely confused when I stepped back into the room when I tell him. People who stayed at my house in my dad's final days claimed to have seen it. My mom saw the figure on multiple occasions in multiple places until he passed away, and we haven't seen it since. Eesh. My mother attracted evil. After my parents divorced when I was a teenager, I lived with my mother. I experienced lots of paranormal happenings. Several times when I was reading in bed, the room would start to feel really icy. Next, it would feel as if something or somebody that hated me was staring at me. When I got that feeling, I would leave the room and come back an hour later. See, smart person, they would fucking leave. They Mm -hmm. left. Get away. Yes, yes. Sometimes during the day, I would see a shadow figure sneaking along my bedroom walls. Something in the flat was pretending to be my dog. I went into my room and heard a deep growl from under the bed. My dog wasn't capable of making a noise that deep. It sounded like either a really big dog or a man doing his best dog impersonation. That would be scary if it was a person and not a fucking ghost. Ew. Right? Like, that was my first thought was like, uh, logic says this is a person. (laughs) Yeah, no thank you. Other times, my dog would whimper and pace in the room next to mine and wouldn't come when called, as if he was afraid of something in the hallway. When I moved in with my father, the paranormal activity stopped. Well, damn. Well, at least it stopped. Right. This story is called Evicted by a Ghost, which I think the last story could have also been called. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Same umbrella. (laughs) Right? Shortly after college, I got married. We immediately moved into a, a basement apartment because that all that was available within our budget. The place had a poltergeist and my wife was terrified, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Whatever resided there with us made it clear it wanted to live alone. Dishes, glasses, and any other items would fly off the shelf. My wife was hit several times. Okay, it doesn't like your Ooh, wife. Right? It's like, bitch, bye. Maybe it was trying right? to steal you. <gasps> Instead of like, Mr. Steal Your Girl, it's... Ghosty steal your husband. (laughs) There was always this ominous feeling like we were being watched. At night, when we walked through the apartment in the dark, it'd be insanely bright flashes of light that would illuminate the entire room. I mean, that's convenient sometimes. Mm. Because what if you were about to step on something? True. One night when we were going to bed, as soon as my wife and I walked into the bedroom, we heard a voice come from nowhere say, My name, move. My wife looked at me and I looked at her and I said loudly, you got it, bud. And we moved two days later and stayed with family. (laughs) The old lady who owned the place died a few months later and the house was torn down and it's still an empty lot to this day. Uh, Nothing but grass and a tree. And I still drive by it every now and again. I like that it was like, move. Just fuck (laughs) it. Like, just go. And I was thinking this was going some other way. Like, Steven, move. And then like, gonna hit the wife. (laughs) Right. For the fact that he was like, you got it, bud. (laughs) All right. So my last story for the episode is called The Death March. My dad used to work as a corrections officer in a rural prison. He drove the perimeter of the property for his entire shift, where he would check empty buildings for runaway inmates. It was generally a boring job, but sounds kind of easy, though. So, like, can you complain? (laughs) Right. (laughs) The amount of, like, TV you could watch while doing this job. Honestly. One night, my dad was parked on a hill reading a magazine when he started to feel thumping in his body. He described it as the feeling you get when speakers are playing a song with a really heavy bass. He put the magazine down and checked his rearview mirror where he saw someone outside of his truck. He grabbed his pistol and jumped out of the truck with his weapon drawn. Outside of the truck, he realized it was a procession of Native Americans walking through the truck and directly through his seat. <gasps> hmm. That's so freaky sounding only to disappear at the exact spot he was sitting. (gasps) 
so it was like he was feeling them leave. That's so scary. He said it was clear that they were ghosts because many of them appeared injured. This went on for a few seconds, then the whole procession disappeared. He called the other perimeter guy on his walkie to try to explain, and the other guy almost immediately stopped communicating. Turns out, the other guy had seen this happen before, but didn't believe in ghosts, so he wouldn't talk about it. Uh, how the fuck you see something like that and not believe? (laughs) Honestly, what the fuck? Okay. (laughs) I would have so many follow-up questions, like, do you do drugs on a regular basis? (laughs) You would see these type of visions and not believe in ghosts? Ugh. Gross. (sighs) All right. People. Okay. Read us our last one. It is called The Demon's Room. Mm -hmm. I worked as a forensic nurse in a hospital lockup unit. We had one older lady who swore she was being haunted and abused by a demon that she would call Tiberius. So many crazy things happened while she was on the unit. We'd go into the room to do normal care, leave, and a few seconds later, she'd start screaming bloody murder. We would run into the room to find her looking like she'd been in a fight with a boxing champ. Bloody lip, black eye, markings all over her body. No one ever saw her doing this stuff to herself. Things would get moved around the room by themselves. At one point, she was in protective restraints because the doctor thought she was hurting herself. There was no way she could have moved or done anything to herself while in the restraints, but new marks would appear or her tray slash cart would be across the room. Which means you strapped her down and made it easier. Mm-hmm. Buttheads. <laughs> the room was secure, so there was no way anyone was getting in. When we asked her questions, she would just say, it was Tiberius. After she was discharged, we always had trouble with that room. If there was going to be a rapid response or code, it happened in that room. One night, a guard reported lights blinking on and off. It was in that room. Ew. You need to say you're sorry to that old lady because, like, y'all like tied her to a bed and made it easier for her her demon. Honestly, fuck. All right, y'all. Well, that is going to wrap us up for today. We hope you enjoyed these creepy Reddit stories. Yes, they were scary as fuck to me. Mm-hmm. They scared you too. Yes, yes, yes. I think we should do this every so often, though, because yeah. I liked it. <laughs> and just a plug, because it's the same type of feel. If you guys have any scary stories of your own, we do read them on the last Monday of the month. You can send that to 3spookgirls at gmail.com. And with that, we will go ahead and wrap this episode up and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.